This is our daily Bible reading for our last day of the week. We are on Saturday, the 26th of March, and we're in Zechariah chapter 12. Remember yesterday, we read about God's strange work, God chastising, God punishing, God correcting, God disciplining his people uh, for uh, going astray from him to try to bring them back, to try to bring them to repentance and turn from their ways and come back to God. You know, the, the gospel reading for tomorrow is the uh, the prodigal son, and it's an account of the of the son who, who goes the wrong direction and finally turns back to his father. And what's he find? He finds a father who runs after him or runs to get him. Well, here's, a, here's the father in chapter 12 who, who runs for his people, who provides salvation for his people. He just wants them to turn back to him. And so uh, let's look at that together. Um, you can kind of summarize the first portion of chapter 12 with the last of verse number nine, where God says, on that day, I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Now, ultimately, he's talking about the last day when Christ comes back, Armageddon, the uh, the judgment day, when God is ultimately going to destroy all of our, all of our enemies uh, through the return of Jesus Christ to this world. And here's, here's a picture of that. So what's that look like? Well, go back to verse one now. Notice it's a burden of the word. In other words, God is burdened with his love for us. What a beautiful description of God's love and how, how passionately he does love us. And we've seen that passion throughout uh, all the minor prophets and, and all the prophets and all of scripture. Uh, God is passionate about saving him, his people. You know, we're not that far away from Good Friday and Good Friday just shows us just how passionate God is for, the, for his people. Uh, it brings new meaning to the words of God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the kind of love that we're talking about. So it's the burden of the word of the Lord coming to Israel and thus declares to the Lord. So this is God talking on what he's going to do. He says, I'm about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all the surrounding peoples. Now, when you when you hear a cup, I want you to think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying to his father, Father, if there's some way that I don't have to drink this cup. Now, that cup, in that uh, sense, is the, is the wrath and the anger and the punishment of God. Jesus was going to have to drink that. Remember, he says, yeah, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And, of course, we know the Father didn't say, no, we don't have to do that. No, Jesus, you still had to drink that cup. Uh, well, this is that same cup that God is going to pour out against our enemies, against sin and death and the, and, and the devil. Um, and he's going to he's going to defeat them all. Um, he's going to make a, a Jerusalem like a heavy stone for all the peoples. They think they can carry Jerusalem away easily or carry God's people away. The devil thinks he can pull us away easily, uh, but he can't. Uh, and God is going to strike them. Look at verse four. I will strike every horse with panic. God is going to fight for them. He is going to strike every horse or every horse of the peoples with blindness. End of verse four. And then verse five. Um, he is going to make it so that the inhabitants of Jerusalem, God's people, have strength through whom? Through the Lord of hosts. And I love the way he designates himself back in verse 1. This Lord of hosts is the one who stretched out the heavens, who found the earth, who formed the spirit of man within him. Boy, is there, is there any more, a greater uh, summarization of what Genesis 1 tells us? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And included in that was mankind. So this is no, this is no little Lord that's going to uh, declares this. This is the Lord who created it all and keeps it all uh, in place, and certainly should give us hope and confidence 
when we think of all of our enemies in this world, whether they be physical enemies or whether they be in the spiritual realm, we're talking about the Lord of heaven and earth and the one who created us. We are in great hands. So it says, and on that day, I will make the clans of Judah, I'm back to verse six, uh, like a melting, like a blazing pot, and, and they shall devour to the right and to the left all the surrounding peoples. Um, just as God uses his church to proclaim the victory of Christ, you and I go out and battle with the word of God, with the sword of the spirit. We're protected uh, against our enemies too, with all that armor of God that Paul brings up in, in Ephesians chapter six. And then uh, verse seven onward through, uh, through verse nine, you know, the Lord is going to give salvation. What a beautiful word. That's a Jesus word. And then the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem um, and also of Judah too. In other words, God is going to glory in us. He's going to make us glorious. He's going to robe us in the white robe of his righteousness. He's going to forgive our sins. We are the priesthood of all believers. We are God's precious people. We are his children. We call him Father, um, and, and God is going to protect us. Look at verse uh, verse 8. But then kind of a switch in verse 10 to say, well, how does this victory come about? What's it going to take to have this victory? And look, just as the Jer Jerusalem is going to be like a cup that, uh, that the nations uh, are going to drink, a cup of God's wrath, God is also going to pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace, and a spirit of mercy. Uh, we ought to be able to recognize those words. A spirit of grace and a spirit of mercy is something that God has given to us through Jesus Christ. That mercy is that we don't get what we deserve. That grace is we get what we don't deserve. But how is that going to happen? It's gonna cause some mourning on our part because you and I are going to see what price it took for God's mercy and God's grace to meet there at the cross and that, of course, is that someone is going to be pierced. Look at when I look when they look on me, on whom they have pierced. Now that's quoted in John chapter 19, as well as in Revelation 1 verse 7. In other words, in order for God to conquer for us, Jesus is going to have to die, and we are going to look upon Him whom we uh, whom we pierced. And that's the morning of Good Friday for you and me. When we think of Good Friday. We think of the cross, look at the cross of Jesus Christ to realize that in order for God to give us this victory, Jesus Christ had to die on our behalf. And that's something that's going to cause us to mourn every single one of us. And in the rest of the chapter there, he talks about every single person from the house of David and Nathan and Levi and the Shemites and their wives and their children. We're all going to mourn too. So while the victory that we have uh, comes through Jesus Christ, it's a victory that cost him his very life and suffering hell for us. And we ought to mourn over that in appreciation and thanks uh, for what, what he was willing to suffer for us. And how important for us to keep that in mind too, because uh, so oftentimes today we look at look at God and we say, well, boy, God, uh, you know, what have you done for us? Or or God, why did you allow this or that to happen? Or how, how could you God allow that, allow that to happen? And really what we ought to do is look at the cross and say, God, how could you allow that to happen? And yet, there, find the hope of the world that that's just how much God loves you. So God bless you as you uh, as you continue to read in Zechariah. We're going to finish this up next week, and then we're going to we're going to go into the Gospel of John. I figured that's great for us to do as we come into Holy Week, as we uh, remember again the life of, of Jesus Christ as we read in the Gospel of John. Um, so God bless you as you do that. I pray tomorrow you're in worship this fourth Sunday in Lent. 
in that time of Lent as we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ, with the price he was willing to pay for us on that cross. And I pray that you find a place to worship, whether that's in person or online, um, and that you, you're with the people of God. God bless your weekend. We'll see you on Monday.